Okay, Romans uh, chapter 15 uh, talks about bearing one another's burdens, uh, that those who are strong ought to bear one another's burdens. Um, that is, bear the, with the scruples, rather, or the weaknesses of the weak. And he talks about, uh, let each one of us please his neighbor for his good. This is Christianity 101, that we do what's good for our brothers, our sisters, not just for ourselves. We're not out, to, out for ourselves. That is not the Christian attitude. And then Paul tells us that Christ did not please himself, uh, but as it is written, the reproaches, those insults that people have toward God fell on Jesus Christ. So Jesus, Jesus bore all the reproaches that people had against the Father, all the bad attitudes, bad misunderstandings, uh, he bore them. And so what the, the Bible is saying is that you and I ought to do the same, that Jesus is our example. And then Paul tells us that the things that were written in the Bible before that period, that is the Old Testament scriptures, they were written for our learning that all of us through the patience and, or the, the enduring power of the scriptures um, and the comfort of those same scriptures might have hope or an expectation of God that God is going to do everything that he has said he would do for us. And so we have to uh, walk in that, understand that. And so uh, Paul tells us, uh, ESV, I talked about the ESV, talking about that may the God of endurance, so God the Father is the God of endurance. Uh, have you ever, if maybe some of you have run track or you have played sports and in the, the, the last quarter, or perhaps if you've run track, maybe the last leg of the race, it, it, it takes, you have to gut it out, they say. And, you know, you need endurance to do it. And, and I, I, when I was a kid, I ran several uh, distances and, and I could run the, the mile. And I was, but at the latter part, you have to give it all. Or maybe the fourth quarter, you know, it's like you're spent because you've been going, battling, battling and battling. And, and what gets you through is your endurance. And so God is the God of endurance. And uh, he says that. And he is a God of comfort, meaning he's the God of encouragement. And uh, he would grant that you and I uh, would live in harmony with one another, according to Jesus Christ. And so he says that it is, it is possible. And I know that there are believers who have various ideas. So Paul says, let's bear with them. It is possible that you and I can live in harm, harmony with each other in accord with Christ Jesus, which, which he says that this ability comes from Christ himself. That is the endurance and the encouragement. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep forgiving. I know I've been mistreated, but that's okay. I can endure. How? You do it by the power of Jesus. Amen. And so then Paul goes on to say to the, the church at Rome, then uh, he wanted uh, uh, each other to welcome uh, one another. He says, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And so what he's saying is, uh, I would like to say, I think what he's saying is that welcome your brothers, welcome your sisters. I'm not saying that they're, they're those people who are not brothers and sisters. They're perpetrating. But you want to be careful how you judge that. You want to be careful how you judge that. And so what he's saying here, though, is that you had some hang-ups. You weren't perfect when Jesus welcomed you. 
You know, that's what he's saying to us. And I know sometimes we have, we learn a few scriptures and we get a few tinglings, you know, and we think, oh, I have the word of God and I have the spirit of God. Therefore, I can judge like God. No, not at all, right? Not at all. So Paul then says, therefore, receive one another. And um, then he says, um, in verse 9 of 15, he says, uh, let's go read verse 8. He says, Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. So Jesus came, became, he came, became a servant uh, to the circumcision. That means to the Jewish people to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles, not just that, not just Israel, but that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And, and you and I must glorify God for his mercy and not think that we're all that, you know. You know, sometimes you, you get, you start doing a little well and you think you're all of that and more. Yeah, I know it, man. You know, get, get a few applause, you know, and you go, oh, man, I must be something. So he says, no, you need to glorify God for his mercy. What he's saying to the church is that were it not for God who just loved you unconditionally, you would not be included. That's what he's saying. Yeah, all of us, man, all of us, all of us have messed up in some way. You know, we, we may not have done the, what we would call the egregious things uh, that some have done, but except for the grace of God, we would have too. I don't think you heard me over on the left. Uh, these folks on the right got it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, you got it? Yeah, so, so, yeah, except for the grace of God, I, I lived a long time and, and uh, grew, grew up in a Christian home. There were a lot of parameters and barriers. God had a lot of barriers. My father and mom had a lot of barriers and that, that like, we couldn't just go. It was like a blockade, you know, you know, we were living here, grandparents living there, uncle living here, aunties living there, and they, they were tattletales. <laughs> they, they told everything. If they saw it, they told everything. They, it's like they weren't our buddies. They, they were our uncles, aunts, our fathers, our mothers. They weren't our buddies. All right, so maybe somebody needed to hear that. Yeah. And so Paul goes on and said that, that, that we might glorify God. So we should glorify God by, as it were, throwing light on, on the fact that God has done these great things for us through Jesus. And uh, we glorify God. We illuminate God. We don't. Uh, as it were, disparage or do things that make, quote unquote, others speak ill of God because of our conduct. All right? We want to be careful about that. Paul rebuked the, the Jews, he says, because of your conduct, um, uh, the, uh, the name of God is blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. It's looked down upon, belittled. People, I don't want it. That's Christianity. I don't want it. You know, they're doing worse stuff, but they still don't want your worse stuff. Yeah. So let's look at this. So Paul says, uh, for this was what was written. He says, uh, for this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. This is what the scripture says. And then it says, again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall, shall hope. Can you imagine that? God came for his people, Israel, and they refused him. And God took, as it were, took, took opportunity to save us. 
I don't know what that does for you. It's kind of like, you know, it's like God has these, uh, this wealth of blessings, wealth, and he came to give it to a people. And when they repudiated him, did not want him, actually cast him out, tried to take what was his, and, and not only that, killed him. Now, now, come on, we live in a day when somebody would say, Don Lavelle is anti-Semitic. I am not anti-Semitic. I'm just a truth teller. Yeah, I'm just a truth teller. And so I always encourage us to stand not with this one against that one. You know, I've done that for well over 30 years here. Stand on the truth and let those sides come to you. Amen. And so, so you and I have received those amazing blessings. Now, now also, I would, could be accused of replacement theology. It's not replacement theology. It's the gospel. You know, uh, uh, Israel refused, and the Gentiles said yes, and God has been dealing with us for about 2,000 years now. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were pretty messed up. You know, if you've got to bathe somebody for 2,000 years, well, they must have really snuck. That he's been doing that. So then Paul says in 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all what joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace. So God wants to give you what joy and peace. Now joy is not like happiness, right? Happiness depends on something exterior to itself, but joy comes from the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, it's our strength. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So joy comes down from Jesus. It says, so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing and that you may abound, this abound in hope. So we, we, are, we super abound in hope. That means we don't have just enough hope to get us by. We have a super abundance of hope. And he says, uh, by the power of whom? The Holy Spirit. So God has given us through Jesus the Holy Spirit, and now we abound in hope. When things look horrible, we say, it's going to be all right. Remember, we even composed songs. Everything's going to be all right. Right? Uh, yeah, that's us. That's us. So this is what God is doing. So we don't want to, to smear God's image by having conduct that is not righteous conduct. We want to make sure we do. So, but there is a provision or provisions for us when we miss the mark. And, it, and there's not anybody here. We don't stumble like we were, we did when we were little children, toddlers learning to walk. You, can you remember when you were little kids, maybe we start to walk, they would wobble, wobble. Now I wobble a little bit now, but <laughs> yeah, I do. So I, I found if I just spread my feet a little bit, I wobble less. So, so I'm having to re retain myself. But these kids, the little babies, they will wobble, and you have seen them, they get that balance, and they'll make a step, and they'll fall down. But what do they do? They get up. They get up. And so they did it frequently. Now we do it infrequently, but when we fall, we get up. And we do that by the power of God. Yes, by the power of God. So verse 14, Paul says, now I myself am confident concerning you. So he had a, an amazing confidence, but it was confidence that was given to him by the Holy Spirit, by the indwelling Holy Spirit. I have, uh, he says, I, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brothers, uh, that you also are full of goodness. 
filled with the knowledge, with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. So then he says that each of you may give a correction, a warning to each other, and also to me. It's just, but, but we have to be careful about doing that, but you still can with the right attitude, right heart. Not that you have now learned a few uh, scriptures and now you, the Holy Spirit has moved in you and you have little tinglings, <laughs> you know, and now you want to prophesy to everybody. You have to be careful about that because sometimes when you start to prophesy uh, by, uh, by feelings of the flesh, you begin to prophesy. lie. Let's look at verse 15. First thing says, nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. So Paul is showing that, that he had a measure of grace that was given him by God. So then he could actually do this. He could actually uh, bring correction. He could um, um, minister to the others. He could do that because of the grace. I, I often say to young ministers, um, stay in your measure, stay within your measure. You know, God has dealt to each of us a measure of faith, so you want to stay in your measure. And uh, what uh, I, I was going to say this in, the, in the chapter 16, but let me say it in case I don't get to fully. I'm going to get to chapter 16, but I just have to read and run. But, but what we want to do is, is be careful and stay in our measure. So many who say they are members of the body uh, practice what I, I have coined self-amputation. Self-amputation. Nobody drove you. You just separated yourself from the body because you got a feeling. You know, I just think God wants me to... Well, God doesn't deal uh, with uh, you like that. God has a covering. He gives you shepherds. He gives you teachers. He gives you brothers and sisters and a family. You know, nobody in a family decides... Nobody who is healthy in a family decides, you know what, I think self, I think I'm just going to leave mom and dad, and I think I'm going to leave brothers and sisters and go out on my own. Boy, you call that sheep for the slaughter. Yeah, because the enemy wants to do that. I, I remember in, in my younger life, I, I was younger life. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I, I remember earlier in my life, let me... I was uh, working uh, in the oil business, and of course, I was out on these big ranches in South Texas and the vaqueros who were doing the roundups. They would have these, all these cat cattle rounding them up to uh, do whatever they were going to do with them, maybe sell some or, or, or divide them for whatever the purposes were. And almost always, there would be a maverick. See, we've heard political mavericks, and we just get all excited about the political mavericks. No, let me tell you what happened to the mavericks. So you don't want to be a maverick because the mavericks kept going out. And if, they, if, if the vaqueros did not do something with them, then they would start to lead the whole herd astray. And so they will try to get them back in, try to get them back in. And then there was this one case uh, where uh, the, 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 the foreman uh, roped, uh, drug those rascals, those, those uh, mavericks, uh, that particular maverick, drug him, drug him, drug him, and they had him, they had carne for dinner. Yeah, and so, so that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cause you to think that you don't have to follow Paul's warnings and admonitions. He wants you to feel like you can make up your own mind whenever you want to make up your own mind because the devil wants to have you for dinner. 
Yeah, and so let's don't do that. Let's, let's stay within our measure, all right? And so let me finish this. He says, let's, okay, let me go back to 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, ministering the good news of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so this is what we want to do. We want to, to have an acceptable sacrifice. Now you remember in the old covenant that the sacrifice had to be without blemish. But now you and I are full of blemishes. What makes us without blemish? Jesus. And, and the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus causes you to be without blemish. What does that look like? When God sees you, he doesn't see an independent-minded maverick. What God sees is Jesus, his son. Amen. So Paul tell us, tells us what to do. He says, therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus. So he is exulting, but he doesn't exult because he's smart. You know, like that the, the old guy I like to bring up uh, in, a, in a movie that's not all that, it's not a good movie. It's a Godfather movie. And I, I, I promise you, I, I don't watch them anymore. But but I uh, used to watch them. They were entertaining. And this guy named Fredo, oh, Fredo, he was terrible. He was older than Michael. But he says, Michael, I'm smart. And everybody knew he was dumb. <laughs> Michael knew. Everybody knew. Fredo couldn't do anything. But he said, I'm smart. And sometimes we have a little success in the Lord, and we have that Fredo syndrome. I'm smart. I, I can have my own. I can do my own thing. So, no, that's not possible. Jesus didn't, quote, unquote, just do his own thing. Jesus, Jesus did whatever the Father let him do. He says, I always do those things that please my Father. And so you and I should be pleasing the Lord Jesus every day. And you can't do it by saying, I'm smart. I do my own thing. I just heard from God. Ooh. Uh, okay. I think I hit somebody with that one. Okay, so he says, therefore I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God, in the things that belong to God. For I will not dare, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. I will not talk about anything else, only what Christ has done. And this is what we have, have tried to say to you. You know, week after week, week after week, month after month, year after year. And some of you may say, boy, it sounds like it's just a recurring uh, refrain here. Just it's a refrain. It's a chorus. Uh, he keeps saying it. But yes, I want to keep saying it because Paul says, he says, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and in deed, which uh, to make the Gentiles what? obedient, to cause the Gentiles to become obedient. You and I are obedient to the gospel because of what this man went through and labored. Yeah, he labored. He, he took beatings like no other apostle ever took. Can you imagine a cat of nine, uh, nine tails? Is that right? The cat of nine tails. Yeah, the, the whip, like a bull whip, but even more vicious than a bull whip. I could take about three bull whippings. You know, no, three lashes, one, two, three. 
I could take maybe about three of them and then, uh, uh, not, no, no more, you know? But this man went through that five times. Save, save, 40 lashes, save one. 39 times five, he went through them. Three times beaten with rods, one time stone. Not rocking. I came from East Texas where we did some rock, we did rock throwing. I don't know if you guys did rock throwing. We used to have war, rock wars. Yeah, we would throw rocks at you crazy boys. There, you know what? I can't remember one girl participating in that mess. <laughs> she made we ought to all listen to our sisters. <laughs> Yeah, but but we crazy boys. We were at the rock fight, you know, rock. So, I mean, they were zinging too. And I remember once, you know, because you know I was a young, younger, younger kid, but I was a big kid, but younger. And I can remember peeping right over the wall, <laughs> just to see. And by the time I did, thank God, I got the eye a little bit above the the, the wall, and it got me right there. Split it open, boy. And I tell you, I yelled, screamed, and ran. Uh, you know, how much more to be stoned with, with rock, rocks or stones like loaves of bread, big handfuls. That's what they look like in Israel. They weren't rocks like in East Texas. And he says, he says that he did all these things to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. It's amazing. It's amazingly beautiful. And so Paul then, and let's go to verse 22. He says, for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. I've been hindered from coming to you because I am doing what God wants me to do and the enemy is fighting. So, and since I know at least the 70s, early 70s, people have come up with some kind of gospel that says, if you have difficulty, that means you don't have enough faith. If you have difficulty, that means that God's not with you. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. No, no, no. The devil's trying to stop those. He's trying to hit you with illness uh, or confusion or whatever. He's trying to get, any, in, get you any way he can. But Paul goes on to, to say that, verse 23, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. But now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors, said these Gentiles are their debtors, for if the Gentiles have, be, have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. And so Paul wants us to appreciate the spiritual things that we receive. And he was telling the Romans that, that, that you have received the Jews' spiritual things, so I want you to minister to them. Now, these weren't just uh, Jews who were in unbelief. These were Jews who were now Messianic, we would probably say today. These are Christ followers. He said, but you have taken them. And we, we coined a phrase, uh, a completed Jew. 
That's what we, compl- uh, one who received Christ, he's complete now. Uh, the Bible talks about us uh, because Paul says that, that a Jew is not one who is so outwardly, but he is one who is inner. And circumcision is not a bodily thing. It is of the heart. So you and I um, are, are part of that new creation. Amen? Now, am I going too fast? You wouldn't tell me, would you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have at least one who would tell me, no, yeah, you were going too fast. If you see him out there hogtied, I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> All right. Let me read through Romans 16 now. There's much I could speak on, on Romans 16 and amplify, but let's look at Romans 16. I wanted to just give you some connection rather than to go uh, to Romans 16 because it's basically a farewell and Paul is saying a few wonderful things. You and I can not just glean, but we can harvest greatly from this. My goal, my heart's desire, and I don't think I gave it to myself, I have no, no reason to believe I gave it to myself, but that is to see the perfection of the church of Jesus Christ in that we have morphed into some kind of a creation of man's making. We, we have, you know, we have, a, uh, we live in a, in a day where we have 24 hours of news coming at you all the time, pow, pow, pow. And people have a, a tendency to receive and just eat, eat. I told you many, many, many times how I grew up in East Texas and with my mom and dad, uh, they were very devout believers and my mom was a, a devout believer as well, was, was saved uh, when she was a little girl and, and just walked in the, in the Holy Spirit uh, from about nine years old or earlier and just was one of those exemplary persons. But she was also a good cook. And I grew up eating good food. Uh, and I've told you, I was spoiled because of her good food. And somebody said, well, that's uh, relative. Well, it was, a, it, was, it, it was only relative in that she was my relative. Because good food is good food. And I've eaten good food in Asia, Africa, Europe, North America, Central America, South America. Good food is good food. And so anyway, I learned that we didn't eat at any table. And I said, I kind of think we were a little bratty, but we wouldn't eat at any table because mom was just so good at, at what she prepared. And I learned to eat good food. Some people don't seem to have a trained palate. And I believe that God wants to give us a trained spiritual palate. That when somebody is preaching the word of God, we know, mm, I don't know. Doesn't taste like my home cooking. You know, so don't just eat at any table. God didn't save you to just eat anywhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you would appreciate the truth greater than that. Now, remember, I, I like Paul, I was, I was driving since 4.10 this morning to get here. So, so, so indulge me, indulge me. Uh, Romans 16, let's look at Romans 16.1. By the way, let me, before I read this, this commendations, let me just say that really be careful about that. Be careful about that. Uh, have you, I, was, uh, I was going to get some particular food. I won't tell you what it was, but I was going to get some particular food one day. And, uh, and it had one of these kitchens where you could see what the cook was doing back there. And I just kind of just nonchalantly was waiting on, on the food. And he went into a coughing spell. He was coughing into his hands. And then he proceeded to continue f- preparing the food. Wow. 
I said, like my wife would say, take my picture. <laughs> the only time you're going to see me here again, if you look at the picture, I'm out of here. Right? So you want someone preparing your food with clean hands, clean intent, but they know what good food is. They don't add their own opinions to the Word of God. When I preach, I'm not telling you my opinion. Well, Pastor, what is your opinion of the Scripture? I have no opinion of the Scripture. I don't want to read into it. I want to read out of it. Yeah. So let us do that, and let's walk, let's walk as as like game changers is the word I wanted to use. You know, let's, let's change the society around us. So let's look at Romans 16. Paul says, I commend or I introduce or I present to you Phoebe, our sister. Remember, you know, I know a lot of times in, in, in ministries, people want to relegate women to an inferior place. I don't agree with that. Now, also, I do believe that God wants us to be careful because, you know, he did give quote-unquote man headship. For example, um, uh, your husband has headship. And so that doesn't mean that he has headship when you think he should have headship. He just has headship. Now, he needs to uh, conduct himself well because there's a head over him. Amen. Are you with me? So, so it's the, the head over him is in control of everything. And, and, he, and he'll get him. He'll jack his car up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he'll take his lug nuts off. Yeah, yeah, God will do that. So, so, so let's, don't, let's don't be confused in that. So he's talking about the sister here because she should have been commended and she should have been introduced and presented as to who she was. She says she's a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, not just of the women, of the saints, and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. So he says, I want you to treat this woman with great respect and honor her for the work she's done. So this is his conclusion. Wow. I thought the man would just jump up and say, amen, Preston. They think I'm meddling in their homes. Verse 3. Greet Priscilla, another woman, and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. This is amazing. To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. This woman and her husband risked their necks. You know that term, necks? I mean, when you lose your neck, and it's severed, it's todo. It's finished, all right? Listen what they did. They did that for him. He says, um, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Epinetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet Mary, another woman, who labored much for us. So, uh, anyway, let me go on. Greet Andronicus and Junia, a woman, another woman, my countrymen, and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. And he says this, this husband and wife team were of note. They were, they were known well by um, 
uh, by the others, by, and they were apostles before him. It says, greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Listen how these women were of note. They were amazing, God-fearing, uh, amazing women. So you want to be careful when, uh, as a woman, and I can say that because I've always been an advocate for women. I, I had such a great mom that I've always been an advocate for women to do whatever God wants them to do and make a place. And this is what he is saying here. He says, greet these people, like, like honor them. They have done a great work. And he says, greet um, Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. Greet those men too. Greet Philogus and Julia. Nerus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them, greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. All right? And now he, he gives us some warnings, and I want us to get this as we go to our, we're going to go to our close shortly. He says, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. He says, there is a place, you want to be careful with this. You want to be careful. You want to get pastoral counsel. You want to get some counsel from your elders. You want to be careful about avoiding people. You don't just unilaterally decide, I'm going to avoid you because you're a problem. Well, it could be you. And maybe if you brought it before the elders, they say, I'm sorry, brother, you're the problem. So you, you bring that, okay? Now, and he says, for those who are such that is, who cause the divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which, which you've learned. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own desires, their own wishes. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Be careful of people walking around wanting to do this for you, do that for you, so they can lead you astray. And because in the body, we have protection. You know, the body protects itself. My, your human body does. So you be careful with that. This is what he's saying to the saints, and I say it to you. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. When you obey these things, the, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Now, that means you're going to be walking, not contrary to the word, but walking in accordance with the word. And as you continue to do what God tells you to do, you're going to crush Satan under your feet. Amen. And he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen, he says. And then, Timothy, my fellow worker, Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tert, uh, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. This guy was just the writer. Paul was dictating. He just wrote, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, 
greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you. And Quartus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The second time he says that. So the third time, is also my third closing, verse 25, now to him who is able to establish you, this is what God wants you to know. He was able to establish you. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. So he's saying, I'm giving you information. I'm giving you understanding that has been kept secret since the world began. So you and I have understanding that no people group on the planet has ever had as fully as you have it. Wow. But this revelation of the mystery kept secret, secret since the world began, but now made manifest, made known, been revealed, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. 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 Well, super. I want to, I want you to just, would you mind, just me, I'm doing that, uh, and uh, we'll sing a little bit. I want you to ask, to ask, I know I've rushed through this scripture, but I think I've given you sufficient understanding of it, and I want you to go back and listen to the recording. You can go to our uh, podcast, and you can, go, you can get the, these messages, listen to it again, and then let's walk it out, because God has given it to us to walk out. I want to come back and ask if anybody wants to be saved, anybody wants to give his or her life to Jesus after the song. All right? 